Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, on a Friday for this episode that is brought to you by our friends at BuiltBar.com. And we are going to continue our chat surrounding free agency this year. We don't know when it's going to happen or what is going to happen or what the salary cap is going to be, but the Bucks are in an interesting position. We spoke about the contrast to last season when they had plenty of major decisions to make with all the key pieces it's not so much the case this year but it's interesting nonetheless when you look right down the roster if you missed yesterday's episode make sure you go back and listen to that we spoke about some of the key rotation players that have player options coming up what that looks like for them and then our cap expert frank madden went through and gave an overall summary of what we're looking at or what we're potentially looking at from a salary cap point of view so go back and listen to that one I want to talk about the two guys that you mentioned, Pat Connaughton and Kyle Korver. And I guess I'll, I'll start with Kyle Korver. If you remember back to when he was uh, in Utah last year and, and things didn't work out, and he was actually, he spoke about this a little bit. He was upset. He was thinking that he was going to be able to get settled there. It was a place he'd been before. He was comfortable there. He didn't want to keep moving. He'd been through that over the course of, the, over the course of his career. And he, he thought he was going to be able to get settled there. It didn't work out. And I, I think that that in itself probably shows where he's at in his career. We don't know whether he's, he's going to play again next year, although there was an interview at the start of the season. I, I think it was with Jim Paschke. I'm going I'm to say it was with Jim. And he said that he has no plans to retire. He thinks he's still got plenty left in the tank and there's no reason why he shouldn't keep improving as a player. So if you take that at face value, then Kyle Korver is probably a guy that's going to want to play next year. Again, you talk about opportunity, the position he's in, the team he's on, the stage of his career and wanting to win. Playing next to a guy like Giannis where he can get open looks anytime he wants playing next to Giannis. Also, being under a guy, Mike Budenholzer, that he's obviously very fond of and had uh, spent a lot of time with. Kyle Korver, for me, he's at the, at the point where he's only signing minimum deals. We know that. He, to me, seems like an easy guy for the Bucks to retain. It would have to take a lot for him to, to pack up his stuff and leave Milwaukee. I feel if he wants to play, it just doesn't make sense if he wants to win and be in this situation that he seems to have enjoyed, as you sort of pointed to. But Pat Connaughton is really the interesting one. I feel a little bit bad for him. I mean, you look at the last few years, what he's been able to do. His last season in Portland, he was an 82-game player. Last year in Milwaukee, we know that he was a, a valuable rotation player, particularly had some really big playoff moments. Then in this season, the same. He's been a guy that Bud has trusted right the way through. He's been playing 18.3 uh, minutes per game. He's a streaky shooter, we know that. But he's been a valuable role player. And at the contract that he's had, $1.7 million. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is, it is unbelievable 
the the bargain the Bucks have been able to get and the value they've been able to get out of this two-year deal with Pat Connaughton. Uh, much loved in the city and by the the players in the locker room. I, I just he he's going to be a guy that you have to imagine is going to want more money somewhere. This is a different situation for him, I believe, where he might love it here, but he's a guy that uh, deserves more money for what he's done over the last few seasons. And I think if, if I look at anyone up and down the Bucks roster, he's almost the number one guy that I could see just saying, I'm, I'm, I just want to get more money. I'm 27 now. This might not be the best scenario for me in terms of diving into free agency, but uh, I've earned something a little bit more. And as we spoke about, I, I don't think the Bucks are going to be in the position to give him any more. Yeah, and um, he's an interesting case. So uh, he's been with the Bucks obviously, a couple of years now. Um, so he's he's an early bird uh, exception guy. So, again, Bucks can't go over uh, the cap to sign him to whatever they want. But, yeah. um, you know, as a guy who is very low paid, um, you know, there's, that actually gives you a lot of flexibility, relatively speaking. So, um, you know, the early bird exception basically lets you pay them um, either 175% um, of their previous salary. So, again, not, not quite double of the 1.7. Again, you know, wherever that is, like, um, call it like 3 million-ish, a little over 3 million-ish. So, again, not, not a big raise um, without using another exception or 105% of the average salary in the previous season, whichever is greater. Well, that's actually a much, much bigger number, obviously, the average salary being roughly the mid-level exception, right? So um, the Bucks actually do have, you know, flexibility just if they want to, to be able to sign him without having to use, for instance, the, um, you know, the, again, it would most likely be, again, just where, how these numbers are adding up. They probably are not going to have more than the taxpayer mid-level, which, you know, again, maybe that's $5 million in this year, $6 million, something on that order. Um, so, but, but again, it's a, it's a little bit academic, right? Okay. If the bucks are just going to refuse to pay the luxury tax, then, you know, if you're paying pack on it in 5 million, you're pretty much at the tax already, already yeah, yeah. just doing that. So if you're not willing to go over the tax, then whether you have the mid-level taxpayer mid-level or not, um, is, is pretty, pretty, pretty academic. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a really interesting situation just given again, the very likelihood that the bucks um, to really to probably just to keep who they had this year, um, let alone add anybody else of, of real consequence. Um, you know, very likely they're going to have to go into tax to do that. Um, you know, are they going to dare again, risk coming off looking cheap when, you know, what happens with the honest, right. Um, to get the full, full supermax, 35% supermax, he has to sign the full five year extension. I don't. I don't really know if yet yeah, that. I don't know if Giannis would do that. You know, again, let, let's and let's for simplicity, let's assume that the season is just canceled, right? So we don't obviously we don't know if, if there's some tournament. You know, Bucks win, then you know maybe he's so happy he's happy to sign the five year supermax or whatever. But um, that would be based off the twenty one twenty two cap. So it's probably you know not going to it's not, it's not going to be impacted the same way by coronavirus and the pandemic knock on wood as as this season's cap and next season's cap most likely um and obviously again they can continue to smooth it so that you know nominally it, it doesn't hurt players um just because of timing let me tell you about the great folks over at built bar today's episode of lockdown bucks is brought to you by built bar 
It's an amazing protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 16 incredible flavors, eight chocolate with nut, eight chocolate without nut. They're soft and easy to chew, but most importantly, they're great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and I got to tell you, at this time where we're in isolation and I'm sitting at home, I'm trying to work out, I'm trying to stay healthy, I'm trying to also do this podcast, write, do all the things I want to do. Built Bar is the perfect snack for in between when I'm working, when I'm outside, when I'm doing all the things I need to do to stay healthy during isolation. I can't recommend it high enough. And we've got a special offer for you. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code locked on. For $10 off at builtbar.com. But, but yeah, it's, it's a really interesting situation, right? Like, you know, if Giannis says, you know what, well, I'm going to wait till next off season to make my decision. What are you doing as the Bucks? Do, do you really, are, are you confident enough that, you know, you can avoid the tax again? Again, that's, you know, you're not going to be more talented for paying less money. For spending less money, right? You may think you can get away with it like you did this year, um, but are you going to do that and open yourself up to a season's worth of people saying, "Well, you guys are cheap," and you know, Giannis, uh, man, he's gonna he's gonna look at that, right? And I don't, I don't know if Giannis how much Giannis cares about that or not. Um, but again, you know, there's concerns around the repeater tax, things like that. But but here's the thing, right? If you can if you resign Giannis for any length of time, the repeater tax is a wonderful <laughs> problem to have. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah I, I agree. If, it's ridiculous. If, if you, right? like if, if you go into the tax this year, right, it's going to cost you money and it's going to, I'm sure from a business perspective, that's going to suck because your business is already getting hurt by everything that's happening this year and, and, and next year. Um, but, you know, in the, that worst case scenario where like you fall short and you don't win a championship and Giannis is like, Man, f this! I I need to go someplace else. Which again, you know, leaving the the best team in the league to for some other situation that hasn't isn't really well defined. Again, I'm not really concerned about that at this point. But for the sake of argument, you know, if that happens, well, guess what? You're not going to be a tax. <laughs> You're not going to go into the tax if Giannis leaves. So all your repeater tax concerns are magically wiped away if Giannis leaves. If Giannis stays, well, that's a, not a bad problem to have. You know, being in the repeater tax. Um, you, you know, and you do have a lot of a number of salaries coming off for the next couple of years as well. Um, again, this is the cost of doing business and being a championship contender is at some point you're going to have to pay the tax and, you know, God forbid, be uh, threatened with your repeater tax. So anyway, long story short, this is a, a lot. I think a lot of the takeaway from this is get ready for, you know, most likely you're going to have to get ready for more. Are the bucks willing to pay the tax questions? And, um, you know, hey, the flip side is the fact that they didn't pay it this year probably makes them, um, you know, that there's, there's, it makes it more palatable to do it this year because again, you are, you know, you, you didn't kind of trigger the the start of the tax clock this year. Um, but obviously I think from a business and, and just general state of the world perspective, you know, if you were not willing to pay the tax this year when business was, you know, seemingly doing really well, uh, then what about next year when obviously we're in a very, very different world? probably going to be a lot of teams being you know very unwilling to uh to to want to kind of go into the tax and and uh and miss out on tax payments and and obviously just the the problem that or the you know the, 
the issues that, that come with paying the tax. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Pat Connaughton, I think, is, is one of the fascinating guys in that because, as you said, I mean, there's a case for him getting a very nice raise. Again, nobody's saying give him $10 million a year, um, but, you know, giving Pat Connaughton a couple years, five, six million. Again, I have no idea what the market's going to look like. Would that be crazy? No. Uh, would it put him better paid than other guys on the roster who probably are better than him? Yeah, I think it would. Um, and is there a chance that you give him that money, you put yourself in the tax, and then other guy, other random guys beat him out for minutes last year, next year? That's also possible. You know, Pat's not like some automatic guy who's going to get twenty, twenty-five minutes no matter what on any roster, right? So, um, so yeah, I think Pat is probably the most interesting. Pat and, and Wes, I think, for the option discussion, I think those are maybe the two most interesting guys um, that the Bucks have to make decisions on because, uh, again, they, there's a case for them getting raises. I think they both want to stay here. Um, but, uh, you know, especially Pat, you know, he's never had that big payday. And, and obviously, if some team offers him, you know, more years or notably more money, I can't blame him at all for going for that, right? I mean, the guy, you know. You, you know, this is probably, this may be his only at chance at a real, you know, multi-year longer contract, just given he's not, you know, he's not like he's 22 or something like that either. Yeah. So just on the, the Giannis, the luxury tax thing, and I've always thought this, you know, particularly the last two years since Fiserv Forum opened and I've been fortunate enough to be at pretty much every home game and it's full every time, standing room only a lot of the time. And it's never lost on me how much money they're making from Giannis and let's be honest the team's great and there's a the obviously the whole roster is talented and and bringing in bud but you take Giannis away this team is not winning 60 games don't be tight don't be stupid that's what I always think when it comes to Giannis's contract and what's upcoming because if you sign him for long term everyone's going to benefit and if you don't then I would say there's going to be a lot of people getting those lower bowl seats that we used to all get back in the Bradley Center days for pretty cheap uh, when the the team wasn't as good. Let's just say that. Uh, I I don't think they're in a position to to mess around with what could potentially happen with Giannis, but we'll see. Hopefully at this this offseason, I keep trying to say this summer, but this offseason, hopefully he signs and it's not an issue moving forward anyway. But you speak about interesting decisions. What, wait, one and one other. Sorry, one other thing to, to add there. So, so the 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 middle the middle of the road scenario there is if he wants to do like a two plus one type extension, um, that may be that may be the most logical thing for him to do because, like, just financially. Because look at this too. I mean, he said I think last year he he said in an interview that you know he could have taken the supermax. Um, or not the super, but basically like the full five-year max when he signed his rookie contract um, and his agent basically advised him not to, to go fewer years to hit free agency earlier. Probably going to end up being kind of a wash, to be honest. Like I don't, you know, the Bucks basically probably saved some money in the short term and they're going to have to pay more, you know, for not giving him the fifth year uh, and, and letting him hit free agency a year earlier. Um, so I think the, the, the interesting question is, you know, Giannis seemingly has already basically you know, once before taking a slightly shorter deal to, you know, bet on himself a little bit to go to free agency earlier. Um, if he goes with a two plus one, uh, that would put him then in the 10 year bracket. He could basically, I think, opt out. Um, I think at the 10 year mark, which would put him in that 35% range, regardless of where he signs. Um, 
and and again, just from a security standpoint, you add on that one-year player option. Um, you know, again, even though you're only quote unquote only getting the thirty percent max, um, that might be a pretty good compromise because again, with Giannis, you know, he's already had had a hundred million dollar contract. He's going to get max contracts as much as he wants max contracts. <laughs> you know, again, we've seen that star players. You know, Giannis. God forbid, tears his ACL and, you know, the summer before free agency, guess what? He's still getting a max contract from somebody. Like, that's not a question. You know, KD getting a, a, a max uh, after an Achilles tear at the age of whatever, 32 or whatever, just sort of reiterates, you know, the, the elite, elite guys will always get max contracts. Um, and so I think, again, like, that would be potentially, like, one way that he could, um, you know, lock in a pretty big payday recommit himself to the Bucks so he doesn't have to go through and I don't know how much this matters to him but he doesn't have to go through you know the free agent kind of bullshit next season of of you know go, you know waiting to see what happens um but then also doesn't lock him into five years right because again do you trust this Bucks roster you know if you're honest and given the ages of some of the guys around you do you and and the and, and front office the organization do you trust that they're going to be you know the best team for you five years you know three four years from now um even if they're maybe the best team for you right now, you could reasonably say, Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll keep my options a little bit wide more, more open. Right. So, so I, I could see any of those things happening. To be honest, I think the five year full supermax is probably the least likely thing to happen out of all those. I think it's more likely he takes a shorter extension or, or even just no extension this summer and just basically keeps his options open. Cause again, I don't think he's worried about maxing out the longest and most money deal that he can. Right. He's Giannis. He's the two time MVP it's going to, the money's going to be there. So anyway, just, just my two cents on, on that. And then we've talked about that, but um, I'm, I'm still kind of feeling like maybe a, a kind of compromise extension type situation. With both sides. So there's two guys left. We haven't really spoken about here on the roster. Marvin Williams being one. Uh, we know that he's going to be a free agent and we'll see what he wants to do. He's a veteran. He's been in the league obviously for a long time. He hasn't been in the position really uh, to to make deep playoff runs. Certainly not for a long, long time. So uh, he again structures a guy, and from talking to him and hearing him say uh, he does want to win, and the the thought of coming to Milwaukee and being in a chance to have a playoff run and potentially win a championship is really exciting for him. So again, I think kind of similar to Kyle Korver, even though Marvin Williams was actually only here for a couple of weeks. We heard on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that he only just got a spot in Milwaukee, finally got his family settled. Then a week later, had to had to make the, the dash back to, to Charlotte with everything happening. So it's been a rough couple of months for him. But again, I think he's going to be a guy that there's not going to be a huge market for a big deal for him at this point in his career. But he's a guy that plenty of teams, particularly contending teams, would want. We've seen him be an impact player in his short time. Uh, I think that he will be a guy that situationally, it feels strange to say, it's still strange to say, but there aren't many better situations than Milwaukee if you're a free agent veteran wanting to win, wanting to be in a, a system that is simple, that encourages you to shoot if you're a shooter, for God's sake, and and you get to play next to Giannis. So uh, I think Marvin Williams is one to watch, another guy that potentially the Bucks might be able to keep. But Sterling Brown, Frank, this is interesting, restricted free agent. I don't really know what's going to happen here. It's probably been from where our our expectations were prior to the season, certainly mine. I've always been high on Sterling. I still think he's a guy that has the potential to to be a real impact player in the league. I think it's been a difficult spot for him this year. His minutes have gone down. 
he hasn't exactly taken the opportunity, but he was also always a guy that was in the rotation, out of the rotation. He had no consistent minutes, no consistent play, and no real extended opportunity to get settled. That's just not the position the Bucks are in with, with younger players and developmental players. There's not really a spot for them. If you don't take the opportunity like someone like DiVincenzo has, uh, you're going to find yourself back on the bench. So it's probably not the best time for him to be entering restricted free agency as a guy that started playoff games for the Bucks as recently as last year in the first round against Detroit. But his shooting numbers have gone down, only shooting 31% from three-point land, down from 36% over the course of his first two seasons and only 36% from the field. He was a guy that was really efficient at the basket in the second year in particular. That's dropped off. And he just, in totality, hasn't been a guy that has been able to take another step this season when, uh, to, to be fair, most of the guys in the roster have. Yeah, I mean, I think the big question with Sterling is, you know, I don't think he's going to have a, a big market in the summer. So I think the operative question is, you know, does does Bud see a future for him in Milwaukee at, at any price point? Um, I think, you know, Sterling at times, I think probably ended up in Bud's doghouse Um maybe not as, as deeply burrowed into the doghouse as, as DJ Wilson, but um, obviously, as you said, it was a struggle this year, um, which was, I think, disappointing after uh, what we saw last year uh, with him kind of seeming to come into his own a little bit um, as that season wore on. So, yeah, I mean, that's really the question is, you know, do the Bucks kind of feel like, you know, this, this court this, this kind of relationship is run its course and, um, you know, they're just, the, the bit of a regression we saw this year is indicative of the fact that he just doesn't have, you know, have it in him to be a, a rotation player on, on a team that's going for what the Bucks are going for. Um, or do they like what he brings enough, you know, defensively and obviously, you know, especially the corner three shooting we've seen, he can obviously be valuable in that role. Um, and I don't know what the answer is to that. Right. Um, I think, you know, if you're talking about Sterling Brown getting, you know, a couple million dollar contract or, you know, a, uh, a one plus team option type situation. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that he's going to get a whole lot more than that. You know, like, is there some team that offers him, you know, three years, 3 million or something like 3 million per season or something like that? I, you know, sure. Maybe, I don't know. They, they, there could be a team out there that, that likes him, but um, you know, do I think there's a three or $15 million contract out there for him? I, I doubt it. You know, I, I just don't see that. And if there is, then I think you say, Hey, Good luck, Sterling. You know, we, we enjoyed having you, right? Um, so, so yeah, I think that's the question is do the Bucks want to bring Sterling back? And if they do, I think they can probably get him for, for not a lot of money. Um, and, and I think, you know, this is where also, you know, we haven't really talked obviously much, much about the draft. We talked about this the other day, um, which direction the Bucks go with their first round pick if they do keep it, um, I think does also impact, you know, what, what the future for a guy like Sterling looks like because, if they get, if they bring back a wing, um, you know, are they going to bring back, are they going to draft a young wing and then bring back Sterling or are they going to draft a young wing and then bring back a veteran? Right. Like I think we would probably guess that, you know, Sterling would probably be less desirable if they have another young guy that they're trying to, to develop and, and bring along. And, you know, we know, Bud obviously likes his veterans and the reliability. Right. So, so yeah, I, I think there's a, you know, very good chance that Sterling Brown is not back uh, next season. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think again, I don't think he's going to get a big payday anywhere. Uh, and I'm sure if he gets paid, you know, three, four million dollars a year, there's a good chance the Bucks don't even want to match that. 
Um, so um, it, it'll definitely be something interesting to watch. And, you know, again, I, 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 I think a lot, you know, when I think of Sterling, I think a lot of DJ and, and kind of their, uh, both of their kind of career arcs. Um, I am still surprised. Probably the thing that surprised me most about the Bucks not doing anything of the deadline was that they did not find a way to ship DJ out for yeah. essentially an expiring contract. And it, you know, that very well might've been just cause there wasn't anybody biting on it. Um, but you know, again, looking at DJ getting $4.5 million next year, I mean, uh, it's a really interesting discussion. You know, you look at who the bucks have at the power forward spot. You talked about Marvin. I'm sure they'd like to bring Marvin back. Obviously, you know, they signed him for a reason and Bud started playing him over Urson for a reason. Um, Urson, as we said, you know, no brainer given the financial situation to you know not guarantee his $7 million salary. That doesn't mean that they can't sign him for a lower number. Um, and then you have DJ. So out of those three guys, the irony of DJ Wilson being the only one who is, you know, likely to be, uh, have a guaranteed contract next year. That is very ironic. <laughs> that, that would be yeah. the case. Um, and it's not to say that, uh, DJ won't be moved. Um, I certainly hope that they wouldn't be in a position where they feel like they have to stretch DJ Wilson in order to try to like sneak under the tax or something of that nature. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been wondering, all right, do they have any faith in DJ Wilson being a potential rotation guy? Everything we saw this season said no, you know, whether it was Sterling, whether it was Urson, whether it was Marvin, all these guys, uh, getting clear preference, uh, over, uh, over DJ as, as rotation, you know, power forward minutes. Um, so I, I think there's some interesting decisions to be made there. Again, I would not at all be surprised if DJ Wilson is elsewhere by opening night next next season, whatever that is. Um, but how they pull that off is also not clear because in a very tight financial market, DJ Wilson making four and a half million dollars a year, uh, that's not an asset, right? I think a year ago we might have said, Hey, that, that could hopefully be a good deal if he's a you know backup power forward who, you know, brings defensive versatility and can knock down a, an open three pointer. But obviously that's not where we are. So all those guys, their their fates are all very much intertwined. I would say, and um, I, I don't know if you had to if you had to let, let me let me put you on the spot here, Kane. If you had to rank order from most likely to least likely, uh, those three power forwards, um, most likely to least likely, who's going to be on the opening night roster next season, whenever that actually is? How would you rank Ursan DJ and Marvin Williams? Yeah, I would probably have because I actually think that I think that you're going to be in a in a pretty good position to bring back both Marvin and Ersan. So I I mean I don't really know how to split them. I think they're both guys that the Bucks are going to want back. And Ersan again, I mean I, I keep coming back to it, but it, it's crazy how how good this situation was has become in Milwaukee. Ersan lives here. He, he he's never moved away, even when he left the Bucks. I think he's going to be a guy that would would want to come back. I would have Marvin and Ersan one a and one b if i I mean maybe i would put marvin ahead of him just because i I think that right now if you had to prioritize those two guys i think that marvin is the more valuable player right now but yeah i've got dj dj last because uh, we spoke about it a lot before the deadline as you pointed to i i thought that it was it was an obvious move to try and try and get that out of the way not because i particularly think that he's a a terrible player he can never have an nba future but he, he's not going to play here. I think we, we had so many opportunities through the year to see that uh, and it just didn't eventuate. And on a team that is really pretty old, you have a young athletic guy and uh, there was no real 
move to try and get him time. We saw him down at the herd a, a couple of times, which was which was kind of kind of surprising. I wouldn't have predicted that at the start of the season. So yeah, I mean, I would have yeah maybe Marvin then Ersan, then DJ if I had to rank those three. Yeah, that's actually that's actually what I was what I was I I wasn't sure if I was going to be uh you know um uh that was going to be a hot take to say that DJ despite having the kind of contract would be the least likely to actually be around. But um, I mean the money the money comes into I, it. I mean that is that is, yeah, that is a yeah. significant number. And we've spoke about this as we've gone through the roster. But four point five million, you're only paying West two point six, Pat one point seven. It's a significant uh, amount on that that around that mid level range. I mean. Clearly, the the contract is the only real reason that we would pick yeah. um, that we would pick uh, him over over those two guys. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting position. I mean, you, I don't know. You could certainly make the case. Uh, I mean, that the Bucks may have to pick one of you know Urson and, and Marvin, and if there isn't really a, a an avenue to to shedding DJ's salary, right? Um, but flip side is they also don't have to you know, get under the tax by opening night, right? That's end of the season when the tax, yeah. uh, um, your tax number is determined. But flip side is, you know, to to waive a guy or something like that, to stretch a guy, you have to do that by the end of August. So you can't do that mid-season and, and stretch a guy, you know, for over three seasons or whatever. So, um, yeah. And, you know, hey, we the, the, the John Lure and Larry Sanders contracts are eventually going to be off the Bucks books. So they got to gotta start finding more dead salary <laughs> to, run the, to run the books there. Well, it's that's. Uh, I'm happy you brought that up at the end, so I can transition into this. Before we finish, I was taking a look through the list of players with a player option this year because it is going to be a little bit complicated, and potentially guys that maybe you thought previously would not opt into that player option now maybe it makes more sense for them to do so. I know previously we spoke about Anthony Davis; he's probably the biggest name, and he might still sign one of those shorter deals as sort of as we spoke to about Giannis, but he's got a $28 million player option for next year. But some of the other names on this list are incredible. And actually, if you go down, our old friend, Tony Snell, $12 million player option for next season. So it is funny. I mean, you think back to that trade, John Law stretching him, certainly valid reasons against stretching, but uh, the Bucks did what they did. And ultimately in the, in the cap position, it's probably better than looking at Tony Snell opting into a $12 million deal for next season. But some of the other numbers, Gordon Hayward, $34 million, Andre Drummond, 28, Otto Porter, 28, DeMar DeRozan, 27, and Nicholas Batum, $27 million in Charlotte to sit on the bench. There's some big numbers out there that I, I think guys are going to be pretty quick to pick up. Yeah, this is not the season to, um, you know, gamble on the market <laughs> being, uh, being generous, right? Um, and, and everybody already felt like the summer's market was just, you know, the, the uh, unsavory appetizer to, to next summer when, you know, potentially, and again, next summer, quote unquote, next summer, right? Yeah. Uh, the 2021 offseason when guys like uh, Giannis, among, among many others, might, might hit the open market. Uh, obviously, we in Milwaukee will hope that uh, that, that uh, does not happen in that this summer or this offseason. Giannis has taken off the market, which, uh, you know, I, the, the only thing more enjoyable than winning a championship would be Giannis signing uh, an extension of some sort and being able to, uh, you know, dunk on all the Warriors fans mm-hmm. and everybody else who's yeah. been, you know, floating stupid ideas. By the way, on that topic, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen it, Kane, um, and I'm sure many of you guys who, who use Twitter have seen it. But, like, 
the 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 whole fantasy of Giannis leaving has like morphed into now I was seeing like guys trying to think up trades from like random teams that would like be reasonable for Giannis and it's just like I saw one that was like the Pacers making a trade yeah. for Giannis it's like a doctor guy so you're telling me that Giannis you're telling me that Giannis is going to decide that he doesn't he can't win in Milwaukee where <laughs> As of right now, they have the best record in the league, have been historically dominant, and they have the perfect roster around him. You know, relatively speaking, obviously, yes, they could have. You know, it'd be great to have another superstar. But you're saying Giannis is going to not want to sign an extension here, so the Bucks are going to trade him to uh, Indiana for I don't even know what the suggestion was, like you know, Demandis Sabonis and like first round picks or something. It's just like, come on, like the Bucks for better or worse, they ain't trading Giannis. Like Giannis is if Giannis leaves, it's going to be because, you know, he doesn't sign up for an extension and then there's some disaster next season and he decides to leave in the summer. Like that's really to me the, 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 the scenario, which again, I don't think is very high, uh, high likelihood. I'm not worried about it at this point, but um, he's not going to, you know, this, this off season say I demand a trade to fricking Indiana or something like that. I mean, come on. Like that's, that's just so, so anyway, that's just me getting, getting some annoyance off my chest. Hopefully, um, hopefully people are not getting too stressed about it. Yeah, I very rarely dunk on anyone on Twitter. I just, it's just, I normally just can't be bothered. But that Indiana Pacers trade, the funny thing about it was that the centerpiece of the trade was Malcolm Brogdon coming back to Milwaukee. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, wait a second. I'm like, okay, I'm like, just, just wait a second here. Uh, if, if the Bucks wanted to have a reunion with Malcolm Brogdon, they would have just told him to go on a two-month holiday after last season and welcomed him back and paid him. And his response was, yeah, but that had to do with the luxury tax. I'm like, what? So now, a year later, they're going to say, yeah, we'll trade the best player in the world for Malcolm Brogdon. Come back. Yeah, we're, we're happy with that trade. It was, it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And as for Warriors fans, we, it, the obvious thing that everyone brings up is, well, what contract are you going to trade back? And a lot of the times, they'll throw weekends at you, which is laughable. But now I've seen a trend where Draymond Green is supposed to be the appetizing star that the Bucks get back. And it's like, uh, listen, Draymond Green is not the type of player and never has been the type of player that you can have as a centerpiece of a trade for an MVP. It's, uh, it's laughable. It's silly. But people are bored. And in some ways, you've got to look at it as, as a good thing. We've never been in this position where we've had the guy that everyone wants and they want him because he's the best player in the world. So that's the way I look at it. I don't like you. I don't have any great concerns right now about Giannis or what's going to happen with them. Yeah. And, and, and one other thing, thing on that too, I mean, is it, I mean, look, I, I, I mean, if I'm Giannis, of course it would be awesome to play with, with clay and, and staff, right? Like in a, in a vacuum. Um, but isn't it a little bit weird? Like, I mean, and not just Giannis, but like anybody who like, has been awake during the Durant warrior era. Right. I mean, Durant won two finals MVPs, two championships. And it it felt like he, when he left there, like it was, I don't know. It's like, it's like for everything they accomplished there, it still feels like he has this in a lot of people's views, like sort of this question mark over like whether he could actually, you know, lead a team to a championship quote unquote. Right even though he was the best player in the finals and he was incredible in those playoffs and you know, they won championships. Like, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like the, you know, the specter of that, like he took the easy way out thing, you know, really did. Um, it, it's it's kind of stuck with him, you know? And, and again, I think 
in 15 years, I don't know if people will still view him that way. Um, but I don't know, like if you're Giannis or, or any, any other star player, it's gotta be a little weird. The idea of like signing up to be basically KD 2.0 and, you know, having to sort of negotiate the idea of playing in, in Steph's shadow, right? Cause you're never going to be as popular as him and you're never going to be the guy in a lot of ways on that team. Even if, you know, like KD, you might be the best player on that team, you know, at the end of the day. So I don't know. That's what makes the Warriors situation always like just so strange to me because um, it does, we already know that you're not going to get credit if you win a championship there in the same way that, um, you know, a guy like LeBron did, even with the Heat, right? Um, I, I, it's an interesting, an interesting situation. Um, and, and like you said as well, you know, Giannis and Draymond don't really make any sense playing together. I mean, I'm sure they could, but, you know, you don't want Draymond standing at the top of the key being left open for jumpers, you know, if Giannis is, is on your team. And it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I also don't know financially how, you know, how you exactly square all that given the number of max contracts you'd have on that team, how you even make all that work. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just sort of a, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't expect the Warriors to, to be Giannis's, um, you know, future home. But um, uh, again, when uh, knock on wood, the, the ink is dry on that Xbox contract, I will, um, uh, very much, very much enjoy it, not just for uh, Warrior fans and, and, and everyone else who, who wanted to push him someplace else, but, um, but uh, you know, just some of the, the nonsense that's taken on even, even uh, different and weirder lives here now that, you know, uh, that, that Wiggins, the idea of Wiggins and Draymond being a centerpiece of a trade, um, now that that's, <laughs> now that's gotten to the ether and, and gotten people thinking really crazy things about other trips. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's going to be interesting to see as you said these these rumors are not going to slow down but uh we've got to the end of another week here on lockdown bucks before we go i do need to mention our friends over at rejecting the screen noah kozlov and adam stanko interviewed vin baker bucks assistant coach former bucks player today so look out for that one it will be coming out in the next few hours here after you listen to this you can jump in and listen to vin but for now for Frank and myself, Kane Pippen, we hope everyone has a good weekend. Stay safe, and we'll speak to you guys next week.